Welcome to the Borden Nerdy Podcast. I'm Christopher Munoz, and I'm joined with my brother, Corey. And today we're going to be talking about the Transformers TCG trading card game. Unfortunately, Wave 5 is the last wave we're going to get. Um, I'm very thankful that we got the Titan Master gimmick. Uh, it's a loads of fun. Just Googled it because I couldn't remember the actual date. But the first wave of Transformers uh, TCG came out September 28th, 2018. So the game was less than two years old. Like it was right around that, what, 22 months old? So it was a toddler still. Yeah. Yeah. That just terrifying. made me a little little depressed i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think it took us all by surprise um everybody who was uh invested in the card game uh when they canceled it uh just because like you said it's only two years old like it's it was just starting out there was so much more uh it could be uh, just so that you can properly enjoy why we're depressed over a couple of holographic cards and a whole pile of not so holographic cards we get wave five. It's super exciting. It finally shipped. It finally arrived. We opened our cards. We had a lot of fun with it. And then one random morning, I got a text from Chris, my brother, saying, the game's canceled. And it was a screenshot from, I think, Instagram, where they just put up a picture saying, all right, it's been a fun run. Uh, we really enjoy our community. Uh, the game's done at Wave 5. Uh, the pandemic hurt our sale numbers. That's pretty much how abruptly it was canceled. I would just gotten out of the shower, and I checked my phone, and it was a slap in the face. Like We were getting ready to meet up that evening to play some cards with our brand-new exciting characters. And all of a sudden, it was over. Yeah, very unceremoniously. It was definitely uh, <laughs> out of the blue. Yeah, slap in the face is a very good way to, to phrase it. Golly, I want to dive in a little bit into some basics of the card game, just in case any of you listening aren't familiar with the Transformers card game. Basically, it operates like a lot of other card games. You played Uno or poker or whatever. You've got a deck of cards, right? The big difference in Transformers card game is that you have larger cards for your characters, and then you have a smaller set of cards for your deck. And when you flip the cards, when you flip them over and reveal the face of the card in the corner, there's different colors to represent if it adds to your attack, adds to your defense, or, or some other things that they can do. So basically, it, uh, it operates just like any other card game. You take turns, you draw cards. But the difference in Transformers that really makes it unique, in my opinion, is the flip. I would agree that the flip was the truly unique part of the game, uh, which honestly was really confusing the first time you tried to explain the game to me. Uh, so I was very happy that the game came with its own little rule book when I bought the starter deck. Uh, the Optimus, Ironhide, Bumblebee, and red alert yeah that's Is right that? mm -hmm. i sat in front of my computer after opening it uh with this deck of cards in front of me staring at him and i genuinely felt stupid the first time i stared at it like what are what are all these things supposed to be and then i read the instructions and i 
realized that there was truly simple elegance to the game and my brain was trying to make it more complicated than it really was i i think it's a brilliant way that they cut out the need for a coin or a dice or anything like that by just printing on the card in the corner whether it adds to attack or defense or whatever and so you just you flip your cards over and you know how the battle turned out um in a randomized fashion but it's kind of a uh kind of a structured random though and i love that part about the game because when you're building your deck you have to keep in mind like gosh i really like what this card does and i really like what this weapon card could be for one of my guys but they have the wrong colors in the corner and i don't it's not going to work for flipping these because maybe they're too uh too blues and you want to have more orange which is attack and less blue which is defense um i just really like that piece to the game it makes it very very unique they did pull the plug on it, so it's a mixed bag. Um, we're not going to be getting any more events, tournaments, and that sort of thing. Um, official ones, anyway. I'm sure the fans will still uh, do their thing. They absolutely are. There are quite a few um, online tournaments that are still being ran. The one advantage of the game getting canceled um, was that it did revive our interest in creating our own cards. Uh, back in the summer of 2019, we had created our own combiners. Chris created Bruticus and I created Defensor. Uh, but we kind of stopped the day after we playtested them. Um, and then we didn't really think about actually making more cards until after the full game was canceled. And then the night that it was canceled, we plotted out our own Wave 6 roster which was really fun. I had a lot of fun that night just kind of talking about it in the brainstorm session. And we tried to keep it pretty even, you know, with new combiners, new bodies, new heads, new characters. And we were thinking of limiting it to just characters and stratagems um, because the idea of shuffling custom cards was more complicated than we cared to do. I know some people make their own custom battle cards because they play with sleeves, you know, put the battle card in the sleeve and then put the printout over it. But we liked the idea of being able to shuffle them just so that anybody could get a hold of it, which made battle cards complicated. But then I personally got discouraged about creating our own when I got a hold of the uh, subreddit for the Transformers card game because there were a lot of really negative threads and comments um, where people were talking about custom cards not being fair and ruining the quality of the game. Uh, but things are looking a lot better now. There are a couple of groups that have really started to take ownership of the custom side, and people seem to be supporting them. So that's pretty cool. Maybe after we get bored and nerdy up and running, we'll become that next organization. I really uh, wish that uh, Wizards would release some kind of bracket or some kind of tier system that you could use for balancing custom cards. I mean, they have no incentive to do so, but it would really mean a lot to the fan base. They had to be able to balance these things when they were making them. Like, they have some kind of internal method. Uh, leak that memo. We promise not to tell, <laughs> you know, who you are. We're going to tell everybody what the method is. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to tell about the memo. For sure, absolutely. Um, interesting uh, about custom cards. Uh, just keeping them in balance is is, is hard to do, uh, mostly because in the Transformers game, uh, the skills that a card can have, the 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 power it has, or whatever, um, it widely varies. 
Um, you can have cards that just say, this doesn't flip, meaning you can't transform it. So you can have cards with two or three different powers and they're getting bonuses and getting to flip extra cards and uh, uh, have other effects on the game. So there's a wide range of what a character can do. And that range is truly game-changing. The first version of my combined Defensor was practically unkillable uh, by accident. I thought that it was balanced because it worked in such small numbers at a time, but it really added up into just a really hard-to-kill thing that could still win every game compared to Bruticus, which was lethal against anything other than Defensor, um, because you gave it, I believe, Focus 4, which at the time was unheard of, absolutely, but it really just didn't have the same impact, um, and so you really did just feel the unfair that those commenters were likely talking about, where it is awkward without a balancing rubric or something uh from the actual company but you know i think i think you and i were a little more diligent when we were making custom cards of trying to imagine playing against that card as well not just playing with it um but but other than that like we understand that we want to have fun where i figure like a lot of other people might make a card and just want to win like i want to actually have a good time i want to have a chance i'm going to lose i my favorite games of the transformers tcg are the ones where either player could win like we're coming down to like points and like one person wins by like four health points and it's like man if if something else happened if you flipped a few more orange colored cards in the corner if you if you uh had another weapon or if a turn went in a different order like the game hangs on that and and that's when it's the most epic in my opinion is when you're getting down to the nitty-gritty in a game and it's like either one of us could win everything i'm playing everything i do is it's hinging on this and that's the way a good card game should be yeah i recall the last time we played uh one of the games finished and i realized that i would have won if you hadn't healed one i really love how in the transformers trading card game each deck is kind of like its own expansion pack for the game. It's got its own things that it's trying to do. It's got its own objective. Um, one deck you might be playing and you really want to get certain cards in your hand. Uh, you really want to do stuff in a certain order. Another deck you might be playing and it really doesn't matter. You're just going to bash things and you just you plan on putting down big weapons and flipping big numbers of cards and lots of orange going on. Um, it definitely... Uh, it's all the longevity the game needed to operate for years to come. Which we thought we were going to get. The game felt like it was growing in the right direction. We'd gotten very consistent um, expansion releases with each wave. Uh, each wave had new mechanics that were really enjoyable. Uh, there was an incredibly active fact system uh, that they were releasing where they would take in questions and scenarios and explain how the actual rules worked. They gave us a very comprehensive uh, turn breakdown explanation. And it seemed like there were a lot of big tournaments happening regularly until the pandemic lockdown. Gosh, it was only just under two years ago that the game came out, but... Uh... I definitely remember running across the packs in uh, Fred Meyer and just buying everything on the rack. 
like just cleaning them out, like every expansion pack. And then I went to the uh, the cash register, and the guy there is like, "Oh man, I hope you pull something good." It's like I don't care. I just need the cards at this point. Yeah, we uh, first found out about the game uh, through you. Uh, I had no idea that it was coming out, but I've always been a pretty big fan of trading card games. And so when you told me Transformers as a card game, I got pretty excited. And you'd been originally talking about how you had to kind of wait it out a little bit before you could get fully invested. And so I went ahead and bought a whole box of boosters uh, on Amazon. And I opened the whole thing and divided the box as evenly as I possibly could. We're talking, if I got four grenade launchers, I put two in each pile. One for me, one for you. And then I went through all the characters, and I divided it by commons, uncommons, rares. And in that box, I didn't get a single super rare, because back then, super rares were actually super rare. And so I had to make a whole bunch of judgment calls of who to give uh, which characters to. And so... Uh, traditionally, I've always been more of a Decepticon fan, and Chris has always been more of an Autobot fan. And so I started stacking the pile a little more heavily, Autobots in his favor, Decepticons in my favor. And I, I remember specifically the the uh, type of character that turned the uh, even to uneven. It was when uh, I gave you the Dinobots, and I kept the Seekers for myself that it became heavy that I was a Decepticon and you were an Autobot. And then I just kind of kept all of your cards in a little sandwich bag so that they wouldn't get ruined until I could go and see you again. And then um, I bought another box not too long after that so that I could have more cards my own self. Yeah, I remember you uh, coming out with those cards and uh, uh, thank you so much for them, of course. And uh, I just remember getting them and like thinking of what I could build and just going like, I need to order another box of cards. Another memory that I have of this game was pretty simple, actually. It was that every time I opened a new box of cards, I'd always have a Transformers movie going on in the background. Usually it was the Transformers, the movie, the animated one, because uh, that's just my favorite piece of Transformers media. Um, but I'd throw on the Bayverse movies because you could truly ignore those. Uh, I liked watching the Bumblebee movie uh, while opening cards. And once I tried to watch the G1 cartoon, but I'll admit, I ended up discovering that I was either paying attention to only the cartoon or only the cards. Uh, so that was a little bit of a mistake, which leads into, you know, other memories things like when i drew my first super rare it was nemesis prime so that was a really big deal for me because nemesis prime and the rare uh, decepticon tank dark mount were the two cards that i really wanted from wave one at that point because i think i'd already opened my first box at that yeah this was for my second box and uh, i opened them in the same box and so I had, you know, that little kid in a candy shop moment where I, I got giddy and I, I sent a picture uh, to my brother and it was like, yes! Yeah, my, uh, one of my favorite memories uh, from the card game was when the Wave 2 came out, the Rise of the Combiners. I just, I really loved the hype for that wave. And I'm sure partly it was because it was only the second wave. It was like, yes, finally, more cards. 
uh, more stuff we can do. Uh, but the big highlight, of course, Rise of the Combiners. I mean, the big highlight was the Combiners themselves. And I just remember being so skeptical or suspicious of the combining gimmick. Because basically how it works is, is uh, it's a card that's folded in half. And so you, you, you imagine a card in your hands, fold it in half. And then while it's folded, on one side you have the vehicle mode. And on the other side you have the robot mode. And when you unfold it, inside is the piece of the combiner that it becomes. And uh, I just remember being really suspicious about it. Like, gosh, are these just going to fall apart? Is it even going to be realistic to play on your table? Like, are they just going to pop up and try to fold themselves back up? And anyway, uh, all of that was wasted thought because it's a perfect system. Like, it works beautifully. The the combiner, you get to build like a little puzzle. You put them together out of all the characters they're built of. Um, the individual cards, having them folded up, most of them stay just flat. I, I do admit I have probably five or six that tend to try to lift themselves off the table. They don't like to stay folded. Um, but for the most part, they, they stay folded up. And um, it's a perfect translation of the toy line gimmick into the card game. Um, and they do it again and again. For the next five waves, they were doing it in this game. And it was like somehow they took the idea of five action figures that can turn into stuff, but then they combine together into a bigger thing. And they totally perfectly translate it into the card game with five individual card characters that can also combine into a bigger character with more power. Um, brilliantly done. Uh, hats off to them. Uh, whoever thought of that and whoever uh, petitioned for that in the in Wizards, like, no, this is the next thing, guys. Like, kudos to you, sir. Yeah, I think we were both super doubtful going into that one. We had a couple of conversations where we even debated if we were ever going to fold our characters because we didn't know what it was actually going to be like. And so we were debating how we could play without ever actually folding them, if we needed to get special cases to protect them. And now I almost prefer the folded cards because it's easier to store them. Because, you know, it's a full-sized character that all of a sudden becomes the same size as my deck. And so packing it away is so much easier. Yeah, I'll agree there. There's plenty of times that I wish that the regular character cards just folded in half for convenience so I could put them with my deck in the same little box or rubber band. So let's uh, chat for a bit about deck building. We don't need to go too intense, so it's not too much over anybody's head. But uh, I'd like to talk about a little bit of uh, deck building theory. Um, deck building has evolved a lot in this game because they keep adding, uh, or they kept adding, uh, past tense. Ugh. They kept adding uh, pip colors, so different colored lights in the corners of the cards. They added a black one for piercing damage. They added a white one, or I guess they had the white one. They had a white one for flipping extra cards. They added a green one for picking up cards. But I've found, in my experience building a deck, the best way for me to do it is I'll, I'll lay out a row of all the action cards that I'm putting in a deck, and I'll lay out a row of all the upgrades that are in a deck, and I'll split them so that the orange lights are going off to the right, and the blue lights are going off to the left, and, and I'll try to make a balance that way. Generally in the game, you want to have a bit of a balance of orange and blue, and anything else is just kind of seasoning in there. Um, but I have had success with a few decks that lean extremely blue. Um, do you have any uh, comments you want to share on deck building, Corey? 
I have a whole bunch of comments to share on deck building. Actually, I am one of those guys that has sat around and built way too many. Um, I think that I've made around 40 decks now, um, which is a convenient number. Because the first thing that I want to say about the game is it gives you the option of starting with the standard amount of cards, 40, or having more. And in the beginning, I really liked the idea of 60 cards because I'm a Magic the Gathering player. I played Pokemon. You know, I was I was that guy. And so going down to 40 cards felt wrong. But after building, uh, I think, my first five decks, I realized that this game's all about efficient getting a hold of the card you want. Um, and so... 40 is magic. I really don't see a reason to go more than that, uh, no matter what your wife says. Um, <laughs> I was just about to interject that, uh, yeah, my wife's Predaking deck is huge. I think it's like 72 cards, or it's some random number. It's like 82 cards or something. And uh, I don't understand how she ever gets the cards that she needs, but that deck has consistently thwomped me. Especially with needing to get a hold of the Enigmas. That just blows my mind. But to touch on what you said, I agree that balanced decks are really enjoyable. Um, but it's incredible how often you feel unlucky that the shuffle's just working against you. Um, I've, I've ran into so many games where I'll be defending and I'll flip my orange, I'll be attacking and I'll flip my blue. And I'm sitting there going, there's an even amount of both of you in the stack. What the hell is happening? And really, you know, that's why they put tough and bold into the game to balance it out. So we get more flips for each um, battle. But the bold and tough also allow those specialized decks to really shine in their specific light. Like the orange decks, commonly called aggro decks, are coin tosses. You're, you're either going to demolish or crumble. And for me personally, uh, orange decks get kind of boring fast. You know exactly what your outcome is going to be. Uh, before you even flip, you tell your opponent one on your defense or two on your defense because that's what your character is. And there's no reason to even think that that'll change. And blue decks suffer the same problem with that and that they'll always know what their attack is. But they at least get to be a little excited that you can get Pierce in there with some blue-black combo colors. And uh, like Chris has said, um, I've had great success with some blue-leaning decks, but I've also had amazing success with orange-leaning decks. Uh, in fact, Chris's best deck is an orange deck. Did you say it's the Megatron one? The horrible I, Megatron? I, I would say it's your Megatron horrible deck, yeah. Um, really, that's the only one that I consistently look at and think, well, I can't play every, any random deck that I want against that and expect to win. Yeah, it turned out pretty well. That was actually one of the first decks that I built when I got the Wave 5 cards. Um, but yeah, I would agree it's one of my better decks. It's definitely one that I win with quite a bit. And it's almost all orange. There's a uh, there's a few that are black, but I believe they're also orange. So uh, yeah, it's a good aggro deck. Yeah, and blue decks can survive with uh, out any orange pips because there are enough uh, blue pipped cards that add raw damage or cheeky damage. Um, and you really need those things or else you're a wet noodle that's just waiting to die. 
the only way around that really um is the card inverted which i believe they introduced in wave two it's an upgrade card you attach it to a character and then while that card is attached any blue you flip is an orange and the any orange you flip is a blue so you could get into some pretty interesting combos using that uh wave five gave you two more ways out of it there's a secret action that makes every card flip during a battle turn into blue which ruins your opponent's attack and boosts your defense, uh, even if you're an aggro deck. And then there's going to be the uh, other one that will be while you're attacking, just an action that turns all cards flipped by you and your opponent into orange. So even if you're a blue deck, you could get a good hit in. One other piece of uh, deck construction that's a bit of a it's a bit of a balancing act, a bit of a tightrope walk is uh, you get to play two cards every turn. You get to play an action. You get to play an upgrade. So it's kind of hard or it can be kind of challenging to have a good mix in a deck so that you're actually getting to play two cards every turn. Because if, if you just have upgrades in your hand, well, you get to play one a turn then, don't you? The other balancing complication is that there are blank icon cards. There are only green pip cards. There are uh, only white icon cards. You know, it's not just about attacking and defending. There are enough in there that you truly do have to balance things in a very specific way for each deck. Um, and I have to be honest, I tended to avoid blank icons and green pip cards because I, I looked at them as dangerous. You know, I was always tempted by Ready for Action, the one that untapped 10-star characters um, in early decks, and I haven't really used it in later decks. And I've only just started using some green pip cards frequently, things like Toolbox to heal more. I'm actually a big fan of green pip cards. Uh, the green pip, when you flip a card that's a green pip, once per battle, you get to swap a card from your hand with one of the cards you flipped. And then everything you flip goes in the discard, right? So you get to pick up one of those green cards. Uh, I, I really like it because it's like a guarantee, like toolbox for for your example. It's a guarantee pretty much that I'm going to at some point flip my toolbox, my one of three. I'm going to get to attach it to my guy. And then for as much of the game as I can, I'm going to get to heal extra. Um, there's quite a few uh, green cards that, that are utilities like that. Like there's some that that'll heal your guys. There's weapons that have a green pip. Um, I really do like green pip cards. I, I like them more than the blank ones because at least then you can pick it up. The blank card, though, I still view as risky. Absolutely. Unless the deck is a character that benefits from blank cards, I can think of a couple like uh, Barricade from Siege and uh, Skywarp from, I think, Wave 2. Are, are two that pop to mind that become better with blank cards. But other than them, you know, it, it really does get dangerous to have more than um, one or two uh, types of blank cards in your deck because there's just too often that you're not getting anything out of it. Yeah, the only, uh, the only blank pip card I can think of that I do pretty routinely use is I Still Function. But it's just because it's the only way to bring back a dead person. Another option they gave us uh that was really cool was star cards uh i i enjoyed those being added to the game and i think that people building decks need to more readily use them because when they first came out we looked at them as a way to make your 24 star deck become a 25 star deck but 
um, after w uh, Wave 5 came out and we got a hold of a whole bunch of new cards, you made your general Optimus Prime the card <laughs> that I call Gundamus Prime because he looks like a Gundam. I still um, say that's offensive. I say that <laughs> way too accurate for you to be offended by it. Um, seriously, <laughs> Google it. It. I'm right. He's wrong. Um, it's Galaxy Upgrade Optimus Prime, by the way. Yeah. Which Gundam Galaxy? <laughs> I'm I'm seeing alliteration here. That makes it right. Uh, so, anyways, uh, you made it with just Gundamus Prime and a whole bunch of star cards, and it's effective. And so I think that people need to be more willing to put in star cards because they are powerful rather than doing the, well, I've got four or five stars left. I need to put in a Micromaster. I need to put in a five-star character. Yeah. You really don't need to. Yeah, the star cards in general, and I would even lump stratagems in there too. They, they, later in the game, they released a couple different kinds of cards that uh, use up some of your stars. You have 25 stars for your characters. Um, and in the original... Uh, few waves sometimes you'd have to make a sacrifice and go well i really like these characters so i have these two or three star car or stars worth of character that i'm just going to lose so i really liked that they added the battle cards that are worth the star and like Corey mentioned they are powerful like they're worth having in your deck they will do uh cheap things cheatery things and so uh that uh galaxy upgrade optimus deck that i have the idea was just I'm going to throw in every powerful star card I can to make up the rest of the 15 stars. And uh, it wins games way more than you think it should. Which shames me. <laughs> Partly, I think, is just that that particular Optimus is slightly unbalanced. And it doesn't help that I keep trying to play things like Devastator against it and get one shot every turn. Maybe if I'd play heavy hitters, I would do better. One thing that uh, Corey and I have, have taken to doing when we play uh, Transformers cards is to not tell the other person what we're playing until you sit down at the table. So we like to pick out the deck you're going to play with, and then we'll sit down at the table with it and just kind of keep it to ourselves so the other person's ready and then reveal what you're battling. Because there is quite a bit of... Uh, of uh, weakness and uh, resistance in this game. Yeah, definitely. Which really sucks for me that we're doing it that way because I'm pretty indecisive when it comes to things that I don't care about. And the concept of, I want to play this deck really doesn't exist in my mind. And so every time we sit down to play, I hit this wall of, I don't know what to play. And so I'll ask Chris, hey, what do you want to play against? What should I play? And he'll go, I don't know, whatever you think will be fun. And it's just the most infuriating response because I'm looking for him to steer me in a direction. And <clears throat> I got so frustrated with it that I went and found some free app that is a spin wheel. And I programmed in all of my decks so I can just hit spin. And it's got like 20 options. And it'll just pop up which one I need to play that time. Which honestly has worked out okay for me. But... Uh, the last time that he played his Galaxy Prime was when I hit the random and it gave me Devastator. And so it was just that sinking feeling of, oh, uh, this could go really poorly. And for those of you going, oh, Devastator can win that. You're right, he can. It got really close. But he attacked first, so it was truly terrifying. If I didn't draw a rapid conversion, I wouldn't have been able to combine in that game at all. 
if I hadn't gone first, I definitely would not have won. But uh, that game was kind of uh, kind of sad because you, the Constructicons are little characters. They only have like I think the toughest one might have six health, maybe seven. Seven, okay. Um, but <laughs> uh, Galaxy Upgrade Optimus can definitely deal more than seven every every attack, especially when he's rocking, you know, Ultra Magnus armor. <laughs> yeah, and like every piece of equipment. Yeah, fun times. I think that my summarizing comment uh, on deck building is if all you're interested in is having that one competitive deck, I personally don't think that this game is necessarily for you. Yes, you can have one and be effective, but that takes away a lot of the fun. I think that this game became truly enjoyable once the vast variety of options became clear. So my overall theory is just have fun with it. Try it out and tear the deck apart if it didn't work. You don't have to hold on to the deck in this game. Tear it apart and try something new. And I think that you should be aware of the easy trap of finding the character or battle cards that you exclusively like because it's incredibly easy to remove the joy of variety in the game. In casual play, I find uh, playing those really effective decks gets kind of boring, even if it's not proper meta. If I knew that one of my decks was exceptionally effective, I got bored of it. If it won too often, I avoided it. So, like, I created the Daring Escape deck uh, using Sergeant Springer. And I agree with his boo. <laughs> it felt like solitaire because I knew I was going to win. It was just a matter of how long each of my turns took. He had to play a very specific deck to beat me. And it really wasn't just the auto win decks, though. I had um, my deck that I dubbed Prime Truckin' Time since Wave 1, which was Battlefield Legend Optimus Prime and Nemesis Prime, and they were just two very powerful cards. Yes, they could lose, but they were just consistently really strong, and so I would get bored playing it. And that really was true about any of my decks that were too consistently powerful. I found that I wanted to try new things. And so... If all you want is that one super-powered tournament deck, I worry that you're going to get bored. Whereas I'm having a lot of fun with the game because I'm trying to throw in random characters and make them work well. I really like to uh, play a deck that uh, I've put a lot of thought into and I'm really passionate about. That's really fun. But I've also had a lot of fun that when Corey and I play, we'll uh, put up like random decks. We'll put like... Uh, Last time we played, we put uh, random requirements for a deck, like has to include RC, has to be cars, um, no 15-star no characters, has to be a 15-star character. We put all these random rules into a hat. I mean, really, it was Soundwave's helmet. But we pulled uh, out what we would each do, and each, um, on each one of these, it would have a number on the back, and we'd write it down so we'd know, like, for example, uh, whatever card number four is fighting number 16. And then later when we went to play, we got to see what was drawn to battle what. And I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, there's just something about trying to assemble a deck in a time limit. We would usually do like 15 to 20 minutes. Something about that um, makes the game feel kind of like you were, you were saying. It, it's less play to win. It's more like 
uh, it's we're just having a good time. And because we're both uh, restricted to the same building time, you don't really get to dig into the weeds and think about uh, uh, that that play to win kind of how how uh, how well oiled you can make it. It's more like I only have. 20 minutes so i'm going to throw this together and we're going to see how it goes and um i've actually gotten a few surprisingly good decks out of that kind of construction i uh made volcanicus when wave two first came out i actually uh have to confess that snarl from wave two was uh the first character card that i bought on ebay um but I got impatient waiting for it to arrive and I was out grocery shopping and I saw um, some wave two expansions. And so I bought one and it was snarl. So he showed up the next day and I had two of him. Um, and then I got to finally play Volcanicus and I did not like him. I thought he was super lackluster and it was a bummer to play him. And then Wave 5 came around and gave us Jurassic Punch. And the character I feel now is super broken. Yeah, he went from being uh, underpowered to overpowered in just that single stratagem. And once you put in the cheesy combo of Wave 1, uh, what is it, Sludge? Um, with yeah, that's the, the only way to play Volcanicus, in my opinion. At least but have now, him standing by. Now you can do Sludge and Jurassic Punch. And it's just silly. I had bold, what, 33 or something like that. And I had uh, full health because of sludge. And I, it just felt rude. Yeah, one thing I've always wondered, um, and maybe this would be worth looking up at some point, but uh, when you get something crazy like that, and really it's only Volcanicus, you get bold 30. Let's say you have 20 cards in your deck. Do you really only get bold 20 then? Because they're already flipped. You don't have a deck. Do you know, Corey? I would have to Google that one. I would think that if you had to reshuffle it, then they don't count as the flip cards anymore. Like, they can't be in two places at once. I would agree with that uh, reading of it. Um, thankfully, I never ran into that when I was playing him. I always had exactly that, like, one card left. So, uh, rules clarification. The big one that I wanted to be sure and talk about here uh, was piercing. And I know it's a really simple thing. It's from the first wave. But we were doing piercing wrong for like three waves. Um, we were taking it way too literal and getting confused about how it says like, you have pierced three, so you do at least three damage, but not more than the attack total. So we took that all sorts of weird ways. But ultimately, what it really means is if your character can do four damage, cool. Did your opponent resist some of that? Yeah, okay. But if you had pierce of four, they can't resist it at all. If you had a pierce of three, but you only had an attack of two, well, you're guaranteed the two damage, but you're not going to get that third damage unless they don't resist it. And then you would do it like normal damage. But once you understand it, it's pretty straightforward. It's just if you have, uh, if your opponent has a defense and you're not going to do any damage to them, you would do whatever your pierce damage is so long as it's not greater than the damage you would do anyway. That's what it means by not greater than the attack total. You can never do more damage than you would do anyway. I think the problem that we had with that when we first started the game was that it was just the two of us playing. We weren't going into game shops. We didn't have a big crew of people. We weren't on 
um, any of the social media outlets for it. So we had to interpret the rules ourselves. And for the longest time, I did not think of a flipped orange as changing my overall attack. I did not think of a flipped blue as changing my overall defense. I always kept my overall stat on my character, and I considered the flips to be bonus. And that bonus, in my mind, was not part of the attack. Thus, my pierce would not qualify there. I specifically remember playing my Seekers deck, the classic Starscream, Thundercracker, Skywarp, and I had Piercing Blaster in it back in Wave 1. And so Thundercracker's a five attack character, I believe, and Piercing Blaster gives you Pierce three. And every orange that I flipped with him, I wouldn't count it. I would just tell you five attack, three Pierce. And I thought it was effective because of my Pierce, but I so screwed myself over repeatedly because I didn't properly understand that rule. And like an idiot, I didn't Google it for a long time. I think it's hilarious that that was the first rule you wanted to talk about because that was the only note that I wrote down about rules was that I wanted <laughs> to talk about how Pierce screwed over my Thundercracker. Well, that's perfect. No, I uh, I was in the same understanding of it too where like uh, my wife and I would play this card game and we would view Pierce as kind of a, a double-edged sword or it's something that you go, okay, I guaranteed to get three damage, but... Oh gosh, but I can't do more than what it says for the character's attack on the card, which is just wrong. Like, no, no, it doesn't gimp your attack. It just guarantees you a small number if it's all resisted. I guess that's probably the easiest way to explain Pierce. And now that they've introduced the Black Pip, which provides one Pierce per Black Pip, every deck seems to have at least a handful of Pierce cards. Right, and now you're forced so... into understanding it. So poor characters like Jazz are screwed, but you also have this awkwardness where, I don't know if it's just between the two of us in our games, but I truly feel like every attack that I have ever had Pierce in, that was the amount of damage I would have done to my opponent anyways. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah, most of the time it's just kind of like, you're like, oh, well, surprise, it's two anyway. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there. The other thing I'd want to mention about uh, the rules in general is uh, do look at the Transformers TCG's uh, page, uh, the website. Uh, they do have a rules 2.0 up, which is incredibly helpful. They they redid the turn, uh, what 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 uh, what items happen in your turn, like the order of uh, of the sequence. They redid that. They rewrote it. It helps so much. So if you're running into a problem with a card. I highly recommend checking out the rules 2.0 and just looking through the turn order. And a lot of times, because it says stuff like um, any abilities that say at end of turn happen here, any abilities that say uh, when defending happen here, um, super helpful. I highly recommend checking it out if you're confused at all. I think the last rule that I want to point out isn't even really a rule so much as advice, which is pay attention to specific wording. Chris kind of started getting into that right there. But things like um, a lot of MicroMasters have stealth while untapped. And so as soon as that character attacks, you can hit it. It's just meaning that you can't hit it first. 
and that applies to things like uh, equipment cards that say that they scrap after use as well. Those make a huge difference in the game. So you really need to be paying attention to what your cards actually say. Things like rock toss saying that they can only hit a tapped character. And to your opponent's cards too, for that matter. Um, this is definitely a game where you have to be aware of what your opponent's doing. Um, just to say things like, oh, hey, that uh, that power punch actually should fall off at the end of the battle. And your opponent, oh yeah, oh yeah, my bad. Just because forgetting something like that is, is enough in this game to totally affect the outcome. I think we let you go an entire game with, uh, what was it, the fusion borer attack? Yeah, 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 fusion borer. I didn't realize uh, when we first got that card that, it, yeah, it drops off after the attack. So uh, <laughs> good to pay attention to the wording. And uh, yeah, you want to be aware of what your opponent's doing, definitely. So I think the last thing I wanted to talk about tonight was just kind of a little bit of fun, you know? Hey, Chris. Who's your favorite character in the Transformers TCG to play with? Favorite character? Can I choose a combiner? You know what? Absolutely. Uh, Optimus Maximus is definitely my favorite. Uh, I It was one of my favorites in Wave 2. I was just doing really well with that deck. Uh, it was a combiner I was really excited to get all the pieces for. It even caused me to go track down the rest of the action figures I was missing to build that same combiner in real life for my toy shelf. Um, yeah, Optimus Maximus just is awesome. He, well, he's made of all the big uh, uh, star Autobot players. You got Hot Rod, Ironhide, Optimus, Prowl, Sunstreaker. You got all the uh, great characters there. Mirage. I almost forgot Mirage. I think you just hurt Bumblebee's feelings. Actually, it's funny you should say that because I've often thought that Bumblebee should be on uh, Optimus Maximus's chest instead of Hot Rod. And I think that Hot Rod should be his foot instead of Sunstreaker. What about you, Corey? What would you say is your favorite character card? Honestly, that's a really hard one for me to answer. And I knew you were going to ask it as soon as I uh, asked you. And I think that my answer is really situational, you know, in terms of then versus now. In... um recent days i gotta say my favorite character is wave one grimlock just because of that cleave um ability that he has is so amazingly hilarious but outside of that you know i i would have to ramble on and on and on you know it's like well is it my favorite combiner superion is it my favorite you know too many little qualifiers i'd say that the character that i enjoy the most consistently is probably windsweeper from wave five i just think that he's incredibly effective and you know you can do all that cheeky damage and uh he's really a, a tide changer what about uh a favorite battle card do you have any battle card that you just need to get into every deck once upon a time absolutely these days, it's more of a card concept, something like, I need something to scrap opponent cards, you know, which is a really cheesy cop-out answer. Um, I would say that the battle card that ends up in most of my decks, probably a card like Treasure Hunt. I'm a big fan of cards that help me cycle through my deck. I find that uh, every deck that I build will have a grenade launcher in it if I have one uh, available. 
Orange pip for damage. It's just or for for attack damage. It does drop off after you attack. Uh, gets discarded off your character, but uh, it's just a heavy hitting card. There's not a lot of uh, uh, equipment in this game that gives you more than two or three grenade launchers. Are definitely a, a special special battle card that has a special spot in all of our hearts. I just said special way too many times. Super special, special like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I agree. I also used to try to get um, grenade launchers in every deck. I, I've recently cooled down on that. I've noticed that I stopped using as many scrap uh, after use weapons, and you started using more scrap after use weapons, um, which really just makes sense with how often you scrap my weapons anyways. I should really just embrace it. Um, Equipment-wise, I think that... Uh, my favorite of all of them is probably force field. <laughs> There's nothing worse when you're attacking and then your opponent's like, oh yeah, and I've got this force field. And you're like, ah, crap. I just wasted a bunch of cards on you because I can only do four damage. I think the coolest cards, though, when we're talking specific, are tanks. Tanks got some amazing specific battle cards compared to other types. I think planes and cars, you know, they got fun ones. But tanks got the love. Um, like crushing treads, pierce for your defense, amazing. I'd have to say my favorite type of character card is cars. Because likewise, there's a lot of cards that do stuff for cars, mostly untapping them, which is awesome. So you can attack again. Well, thanks for joining us for our podcast. This has been Bored and Nerdy. Next time, we'll be talking about the Netflix Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy Siege show, which we hope you've all had a chance to watch because it's going to have a bunch of spoilers. We hope you're a little less bored and a little more nerdy. <laughs>